Hi guys, this is Gabrielle Mandel of Super Endura and welcome to Creative Conversations. I started my brand four years ago and in that time I've had the pleasure of meeting and working with so many other creative entrepreneurs. I created this podcast to give them the space to tell their story and both celebrate the successes but also talk about the difficulties. These conversations have inspired me deeply, and I hope they will also motivate you and invigorate you on your own creative path. Hey guys, this is Gabrielle Mandel of Super Endura, and welcome to this week's episode of Creative Conversations. This is our last podcast episode before the new year. So not the last one ever, but the last one before the new year. And that's really exciting. It's exciting because this year, 2018, was the year I decided to do a podcast. And the idea had been in me for a while, but what really got me to, you know, uh, move forward with it and do it is I went to a ladies' wine and design event. And I was so excited for it. It's a very like intimate get together with other fellow creatives. And I signed up for the event and I was like, this is going to be so fun. This is going to be the time when I share my idea to do the podcast. And I went with my good friend, Pia Penalgan, who happens to be uh, this episode's guest. And we got together and um, we both were like, we want to talk about our big ideas. And hers was Humanitas Movement and mine was the podcast. So I had been putting together this PDF that just had images and the type of voice I wanted and kind of um, creative influencers who I really liked. And I brought this to this event and it was just so much fun to like share it and to get insight um, and to hear people's thoughts about it. And you have it in your head for a long time, then you meet people and you talk about it and what they say, you know, is totally different or gives you a new perspective. I also love um, talking about your ideas because sometimes things are inside you for so long. And then when you actually talk about them and put them out into the world, they take on a whole new shape um, and you get to see how people perceive them. And then the, the other side of that is once you tell someone it's out there and, you know, they're maybe going to hold you to it or you remember that you told them and then you have to follow up on it. Um, so that I think just starting to share it and starting to tell people I was going to do it actually like put it into motion. And I remember that when I first started my brand, that's kind of how it started. I just had the idea inside me for so long. And then eventually you have to start to tell people about it. That's like, that's almost the first step of any creative process. Um, so that, that's just been really exciting. And that's, you know, as the year comes to a close, it's exciting to reflect on that. The other thing I love about uh, the end of the year and the beginning of the next year is I always feel like this is a really great time in your business to take stock. Um, You're obviously going to look at all your financials because you have to do your taxes, but it's also great to just look at the year as a whole, to look at the different events you participated in, the different collaborations, the different people you work with. And it's just a nice way to kind of take a step back and assess. And I feel that this is just great for any creative project, but especially for a business, because you really want to see what worked and what didn't work. And then going into 2019, this is like your blank 365 days where you get to try new things or if there's something you've been really wanting to focus on, this is your year to do it. So I kind of just like love this period uh, in between Christmas and New Year's where you just like have this 
I always think very reflective time. Um, and I listen to a lot of creative podcasts and I love when other guests talk about this or talk about having a mantra for the year. And I just, you know, kind of love this space and time. Okay. So, so let's get to the episode. Uh, today, as I said, I have my good friend Pia Penaligan on. Now me and Pia met back when I first moved to Philly. Uh, we were both part of the Philadelphia Fashion Incubator, but we did our residency at different times, yet we were still part of this really great uh, group of alumni. And we would do different events together with our brands. And I kind of got to know her then. And we were, again, just acquaintances. But as we you know, kept working together, um, our friendship grew deeper. And it's great when you go from just knowing someone as an acquaintance to knowing them as like a really close friend that's like really exciting. And I've got to watch Pia along her journey and see all the great creative things she does um, and all the work with her business. So uh, we have her on today and she's going to talk about Humanitas, which is her newest uh, creative business venture, which is really focused on the human side of the creative and fashion industry. And I think that she wanted to sort of take a step back and look at um, how brands work, how independent brands work, and do things that would support um, the human side of this community. So what she does is she puts on these really one-of-a-kind events that are either showcasing independent designers uh, or putting on kind of an educational talk with uh, different entrepreneurs in the community. I'm really talking about like how these things are able to happen and how, you know, um, there can be a social impact uh, with fashion. And I've been so excited to be a part of these events and to kind of watch as her movement grows. I know that this year she's working on some really big things of creating some very unique content. Um, and the exciting thing is she does this all while working a full-time job. And that's kind of what I love is just seeing people like, you know, hustling. And I think that, you know, if you have a full-time job and you only have a limited amount of time to really uh, dedicate to your passion project, it's so great to see what people are still able to do with that. And so um, I'm so excited to have her on and talk about that about this and to also talk about her journey because she's done some really cool things. Um, I won't spoil any more of this for you. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. So much behind the scenes. So much, so much goes into <laughs> making things look good, um, which is really exciting when you see the finished product. But yeah, absolutely. Lots of lots of hard work. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about early life. So. Okay. Where I know you were you were born in Libya. Born in Libya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is always like a fun fact. Um, but you are from the Philippines. Yes, Filipino um family. Um mm-hmm. both my parents are Filipinos. Um they um they traveled to Libya at a young age to find work and mm-hmm. that's how they met and then had me and then my parents were both working on getting their visa for to come to the States. So I lived with my grandparents for eight years, I would say, or seven years before I turned nine. And then I came to the States uh, when I was nine. 
Cool. And what was, yeah. what was that like? It was crazy because yeah. I feel like um, for a very long time, I felt like I had this like two different identities, which I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still kind of will laugh because I'll like look back on like some of the intuitions that I would, you know, say. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, just like the way I word things. It's really funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Because you you think maybe in two different languages. I think in two different languages. And that was kind of like a, a it was it was a crazy transition, I would say. It wasn't that bad just because at that age you're still able to learn things right. really quickly. You're kind of still like a sponge and mm-hmm. so we um it wasn't hard for me to learn the English language. I mm-hmm. did attend ESL classes, mm-hmm. so that was that was helpful. That was, yeah. And um at home my parents and my grandfather both my grandparents would like kind of say some English words that I would pick up. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty quick at picking up those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. um yeah, so it was crazy. The weather was definitely the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. And so, the food. Yeah. Yeah. I could see but, that. Yeah, the food was great because I was just like, burgers and pizza <laughs> and ice yes. cream. And what is cereal and salad? <laughs> Why are they not cooking these vegetables? It's weird. Um, but Cereal is a really crazy concept. Yeah, it's but like- oh my gosh, it was, um, I loved cereal. I was obsessed with like... Um, all the chocolatey series like chocolate like yeah free well not, not fruity pebbles or like i didn't like Ch- that chocula yeah what was the chocolate one the or cookie crunch yeah. or oh, i was Cocoa wait Pops. you know what was really good what? um reese's when oh. it came out with her it's it's crazy that like that <laughs> is what people eat for breakfast it's i know <sighs> that's what we ate for breakfast yeah no we were like i did too and i'm like that's yeah. insane. Like young it. children should not be allowed to yeah. have that much sugar that early in the morning. I know. <laughs> they know that now. Yeah. But yeah, so it was cool. I mean, winter was harsh for me. I was like, oh, this is painful. But I got used to it. And I actually like love having all four seasons. So yeah. It's cool. Tropical to four seasons. I miss tropical. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love a good beach hang. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm trying to like, I know you now as like an adult. What were you like in high school? High school. And oh my god! Specifically, just, what was your style? I'm really interested in that. I went through a lot of phases. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god! My mom would laugh, <laughs> but she's they, both my parents have seen me go through so much. So I, I just depends. I was very influenced by just everything around me, especially music. So mm-hmm. what music I was listening to, I kind of mm-hmm. would just like gravitate, gravitate to that style. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I went through so many phases because at that age you're exploring, you know. So. I went, I really loved, I went anything from like pop to like alternative was a big influence. Mm-hmm. So like the fashion back, de- back yeah. then was awesome. I was um, a huge fan of Delia's. Ooh, uh, Delia's. <laughs> so, and that my was like my first job in the mall. In love. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I'm, I'm really jealous of that. It was really awesome because like, you know, my mom's like, okay, you're 15 and you know, if you want to start mm-hmm. dressing the way you want, you're going to have to like get a job and yeah you know dress yourself and uh-huh. I'm like okay cool Julius yeah and they just happened to be opening up at the mall near in my town near oh. my town so I was like I'm doing that that's so awesome. so um yeah so that was cool I I went through so many faces I went from I, my favorite would have to be like um the tank the little tank tops on top of my like white tees and my Ooh, baggy pants my God, I remember yeah yeah oh my god and the bottom of my pants was always so like roughed up because you oh, dr- yeah. purposely drag them on the ground yeah dirty oh my god them up. it was crazy but no I feel like all of my hems were like ripped at the bottom and like yeah. fraying yeah. and just had all the yeah. mud on them yeah and I think I like I don't know I just went through like I mean that was like I would say great like uh middle school or mm-hmm junior high, whatever you want to call it. But in high school, then I started to kind of feel like 
I wanted to really know what I wanted to do after high school. I wasn't yeah. like, ready to be like, let's get high school done and over with. I just want to like coast through, pass mm-hmm. everything, and like realize that I really wanted to do something in the arts. Yeah. Is that so, when you started to sort of develop your yeah. love for fashion? Well, it was like a struggle because having, you know, par- my parents mm-hmm. who, you know, met to them getting a, a quick job out of college is what they wanted me to do that mm-hmm. make sure that I had a, a great living, which is great, a great plan, but... I was kind of a little bit more leaning towards the the arts Mm -hmm. and it was really hard for me to try to communicate that with my parents and what I was going to do because I didn't know. And I remember going into high school and my mom was like, okay, something in medicine would be great because, you know, she's a nurse. And I was like, okay, all right, what are we going to do? I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be any, Um, I just don't, that doesn't, I'm not passionate about those things. That didn't speak to you. No, and I I thought for maybe a year that I was going to go into school for psychology just because Mm -hmm. I really like talking with Mm -hmm. people and I like kind of like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've I've thought about that too. I think psychology is really interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. It still is for me. I really, Mm -hmm. you know, like I kind of like that subject a little bit. But Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until uh, sophomore year that – everything just like kind of made sense because Mm -hmm. I took a home economics class and my teacher was, and I was taking art classes. Mm -hmm. I remember not taking it like one year in middle school and I like freaked out because I felt so incomplete without Mm -hmm. it in my life. Mm -hmm. So in high school, I vowed I was going to take art classes every single semester. And I was just, that was just going to be like what my escape was going to be, you know? Yeah. And um, so I took this home economics class in junior, um, sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And my teacher was saying, hey, um, we're going to be making, think of a collection and mm-hmm. we're going to make, you know, garments after mm-hmm. you draw it. And so I, it was just, it's pretty much a fashion 101 class mm-hmm. and a sewing class. So we, I designed it um, and then I, we made it. And then I think at the end of it, my teacher was like, hey, did you ever think about wanting to be a fashion designer after, mm-hmm. you know, after you graduate high school? And I just, for some reason, never, I never did. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, that's kind of, that kind of woke me up. And then I thought about all my, the things I was very passionate about before, you know, growing up. And, you know, I always was into like fashion magazines and like cutting them up, making collages, making my own magazines and was always like trying to, you know, you know I paid attention to all the fashion that in everything that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was just like, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna do this. I wanna be a fashion designer. That sounds great. So then I like found a passion and I really, really that spoke to me and made me realize, you know, that maybe this is supposed to be in my life because as a young girl, my grandmother was um sewing all the time. So oh, cool. she's the one that introduced me to this uh, to sewing and fashion pretty much is because she went to school for for that vocational school in the Philippines. And then like um growing up we would sew up dresses for my dolls so that's kind of and I look back on that and I'm like I'm supposed to be doing this yeah this is what I'm gonna do that's so cool that works out it worked out yeah and then I just took classes in the city so I could learn about um fashion at more college believe it or not oh my god I actually took those classes too I had to like put a portfolio together because I didn't realize you needed a portfolio to get into fashion school yeah and I kind of freaked out in my senior year I took like every art class I could take yeah so you could like like, get show them your portfolio your sketches and ideas yeah so then you went to Philly U yeah and while there you met um 
Melissa, who was going to be a future business partner of yours. Yes. Um, so kind of what I think that's like you guys have this really awesome close bond. So what was that like meeting someone who was at first your close friend and then later on became your business partner? Well, we met in I mean, our story is very special. I mean, I I say that because I know myself and I know I've worked in many groups before Mm -hmm. and I know the different dynamics of, you know, that you can have in a group with different Mm -hmm. people and I've had bad experiences and I have amazing experiences Mm -hmm. and I have to say with her, it's not just amazing, but it's, it was, we grew together in so Mm -hmm. many ways as a human being Mm -hmm. and she's taught me a lot and I hope I've taught her something. (laughs) She definitely taught me a lot. I'm sure you have. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. like, um. So we met in illustration class in college, and that was cool because I remember she wasn't there freshman year. She came in sophomore year, and I just thought, oh, I really love her style. Mm-hmm. You know, she seems like she's, like, super cool, and I love, like, her work. Um, and then we had a few classes together, and just kind of, like, really, when we started talking, we had a lot of things in common and what we appreciated in the fashion industry and designers and, you know, just like the love for fashion. Um, and we just, I don't know when it started, but we eventually started talking about, hey, maybe after college, let's get together and like maybe we could try to work together and come up with a line. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. that would be really cool. I mean, I feel like that's, I love collaborating. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you're like, let's see. Yeah. Because what happened was, you know, after college, I wanted to figure out whether I was going to stay in Philly or go to New York. And, mm. um, when I went to Philly U, actually, it was between Philly U or I was going to go to a school in New York. And mm-hmm. I was, for some reason, when I visited Philly U, like I fell in love with it because mm-hmm. the location and I really liked the fact that it had a textile background and I could mm-hmm. get, have textile classes. So that was cool, I, which I'm glad I stayed. So I, I met Melissa. But mm-hmm. um, I think we just kind of had that mentality of like wanting to think about starting something, mm-hmm. which we did twice, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't the right time. I We both were still trying to figure out, like for me, you know, I ended up staying in Philly because I got a job in mm-hmm. styling with anthropology. But before that, I was actually going up to New York to assist. I was interning and assisting one of my most favorite mentors. Yeah, who's that? that. Um, Christian Joy. Mm-hmm. So she is an amazing fashion designer, costume designer, textile Ooh. designer. She's artist. Uh, she's she's just an amazing human being, uh-huh. and she definitely opened up my eyes to so many things. I you know when I uh-huh. was interning as a college student and I for me I kind of went about it in a non-traditional way I Mm -hmm. didn't go through school to get credit I didn't try to get paid I just wanted to go with somebody I wanted and I don't know I always just was like you know what I don't want to I just want to go to somebody that I think would really help me and that was her and actually an old friend linked us up so I reached out to her then I was going up to Greenpoint in Mm -hmm. (laughs) Brooklyn um, oh sweet a couple days a week and it was like, crazy, even after school. And then I just was assisting her little by little and helping her kind of do her production. And that was cool because she did, she was um she was amazing. I think her work really, really opened up my eyes to like just being, exploring and like, you know, expressing yourself and trying to find what you really believe in and really go for it. And um, we did 
designing or she would design and I would help her execute the work for like costumes for musicians and one of her best oh. friends is um Karen of the yeah 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 so that oh, was cool. to me like at that age I was like oh my god yeah music, you're just fashion. like whoa this yeah. is the coolest thing I was in the like world. yeah and that's like my like I like I'm like music and fashion I'm like yeah. that's like that's what influenced me all my life yeah. and then so now I get to delve into her world a little bit which was a great experience so I did that and worked my retail job and finally um, a friend from anthropology called and yeah. was like, hey, do you want to be a stylist? <laughs> and I'm like, what yeah. is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so tell us about how you like broke into styling. And that was yeah. So that was it. So it was um, actually I, I rejected him the first time when he reached out because uh-huh. I was working with Christian and I just loved working with her that I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to work with her as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and then. A couple months later, he reached back out and he's like, listen, like this is another position opening up. We're growing. You need to see if we can, you know, you'd like this work and, Mm -hmm. you know, you want a full time thing. This is it. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, So I went in and I walked into a photo studio in the Navy Yard Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia and they were there. They were were kind of brand new. They just moved in. They'd probably been there for a couple of years, not that Mm -hmm. long. And, you know, they're growing. And so I jumped in and was freelancing for maybe a handful of months. And then afterwards they wanted to hire me full time because they wanted to build a team. And so we got, I got into a new world of marketing and the fashion industry and like learned that, you know, in photos that are taken in ads, there's a stylist behind it that helps kind of make it look good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the photographer takes a picture and I'm like, Oh, what? I'm like, that's cool. That was a job. And I had no idea. I'm like, I, okay, I want to explore that world. Something is telling me to explore this world. So I did. And at the time, you know, Melissa and I were like kind of delving into wanting to start um, a a line line. and, you know, we're just scratching the surface with it. So, but I, it was a little heartbreaking because I had to be honest with her. I was like, listen, this is a new thing. I don't know, something speaking to me that I need to do this. You have to like give it its time and space. Yeah, I have to to do this and I can't do the clothing line. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, So we, you know, went our own, like we did our own thing in our careers Mm -hmm. and I stuck with learning how to be a stylist in the photo shoot industry and then she stayed with designing and did her thing and then, um, you know, we met up later. But in the meantime, I was, it was a great experience for me to help grow a studio and learn about the ins and outs of taking a photo shoot and setting that up and like what my role is what it entails what you know even becoming a manager at some Mm -hmm. point you know in that in that career with anthropology so that was a really cool thing um so yeah I don't know I learned and and I know that you've you know it's like interesting you were working for anthro and then you've also worked with like a lot of the other brands yes yes that was really cool i mean um i think i feel very lucky um that i was able to transition in in that way i think it was a point when you know i worked for anthropology for three and a half years and i think you come to a point where you feel like you want to grow more Mm -hmm. so that's where i got and i and the only way i could do that is if i went freelance Mm -hmm. um in that case i'd be able to you know, yeah, you sort of find have, you styled men's, women's homes right. still. Like I learned editorial. all, like, yeah. So we, I learned any, I learned it all, which is really, really awesome. Um, I, yeah, on model, still life, mm-hmm. um, some editorial stuff. Uh, I assisted a few stylists um, for catalog and 
uh, just all kinds of things. I wanted to explore. I wanted to find what it is in the styling world that I was going to continue my career because I remember when I started, I was like, you know what? I don't know. This is in the fashion industry. I went to school for fashion. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is my career in it. Yeah, it's like a and different if, realm. Of, yeah. It's still so much fashion and it's just a very different realm different of realm, like yeah. designing, but still highly artistic. And yeah, creative. I think that was one of the things I wanted to keep is to like, kind of make sure I would stay in the path of having, you know, control of being able to express my creativity. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's kind of, I mean, that's still my goal, I I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm always looking for the next thing. But yeah, that was really cool. So I went freelance and um, started working for all the different urban brands and, you know, dove into, learned how to work with free people and urban and even terrain and um, even did a few test shoots up in New York because I didn't know if I wanted to do um, just more editorial stuff up there, if I mm-hmm. wanted to. And I visited showrooms and mm-hmm. was like learning that language. And mm-hmm. it was just to me, I felt like that didn't sit well. And you know what's crazy about that? And I'm mm-hmm. glad that I went through that because when I was visiting these showrooms, I was admiring all the different clothing mm-hmm. that were there. And I was I'm like, oh my that, God, that like, was pushing you. That was like, that kind of woke me up to mm-hmm. be like, I miss designing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love seeing all the different independent brands because that was mostly the showrooms that I was like mm-hmm. able to like get into to start. And I really, I know there are some things that I, I wish that I would, if I could change it to be in a photo shoot the way I'd want, you know, yeah. I'd want it. I would love to sew it this way, you know? And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? And then, it just so happens then Melissa was um she and I kept in touch and she was in India and designing there so she we kept in touch and she just was like hey like I'm coming home and like I think maybe we should start our line yeah and I was like whoa so it's funny how I think the universe works in that way because mm-hmm. you're just like okay, mm-hmm. this is another milestone. There's yeah. a reason why. And I thought I was going to move again to New York to be like, yeah. am I going to have to move up there to be continue my, you know, my styling career? Yeah. If I find I want to do whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so, but then she presented that idea and that to me, I got that same feeling of like, uh, this is it. Like, we're going to do this. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm ready. And she's like, I have all these really awesome textiles that I'm looking at in India. Oh, and cool. um, there's a bunch of traditional handwoven fabric that is just like, it's like cut from traditional um, garments wow. and they would just sit in the, the market and collect dust. So Melissa and I would talk about that. And then she's like sending pictures of trim and fabric. And I was just like, Oh my God, You're like, just yeah, like, yeah, this looks awesome. Let's yeah. do it. Bring some home <laughs> and then let's do it. And that's kind of what started Senpai and Kohai. Yeah. And I want to talk about Senpai and Kohai because I feel like the brand has a really unique identity. And I think you guys really strive to just work with these really interesting textiles and just sort of present things in like a very different way. Um, so maybe talk about kind of like the brand identity of Senpai and Kohai. And even like the name is really interesting. So yes, Senpai and Kohai, um, it started out to be a, a brand where we came out with 13 one-of-a-kind pieces because of, you know, the limited amount of like fabric that we, that Melissa brought back from India. And, you know, we kind of integrated that with like, our vintage jacket that mm-hmm. collection it was the first one just kind of like taking an embroidery patch so a lot of it is like we really 
really love um, just the traditional techniques that mm-hmm. go into sewing or making textiles. Textiles mm-hmm. is our number one inspiration. Mm-hmm. And at least for me speaking personally, like I wouldn't be able to imagine what a garment would look like if I didn't see yeah. the fabric. I've first. heard that about a lot of designers that they like need to see the fabric. I need to see first, it and feel and it. And then they can design. Yeah, before I can like know how it's going to like drape on your function. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having these textiles is just like, you know, I mean, very in, like influential for with my designs at least. Um, but Senpai and Kohai is, we wanted to design for women who appreciated clothing as an art is what mm-hmm. we would say. And and it's so true because we wanted them to be able to look at the, the different fabrications that we use, the, the way we sewed things, you know, quality was a big thing for us. Um, I learned a lot about that with Melissa because that was her world and mm-hmm. she like would go to factories and make sure things were like pristine and sewn like perfectly, you know, um, she's, got a great eye for production um so a lot of it you know when we would create our, our garments it's very limited edition and you know we de- we did delve into um trying to do wholesale because mm-hmm. we were in the incubator program yeah just like we, you. we were learning about yeah. business, business and we were yeah <laughs> we were kind of taught it it's so interesting because i think fashion's really going through a revolution now where retail is shifting and you can sell directly to your customer but it really always felt like that you had to do a wholesale business model and I felt designers were breaking their neck to sell to boutiques and you know they weren't getting paid as much for the garment because that's the way that wholesale kind of works out your wholesale pricing and I did that with my own business and it it was really great and I was really happy a lot of the boutiques that I got to work with but it also was really hard and it's a different timeline. And I think yeah. for something as interesting as Senpai and Kohai, where your textiles are one of a kind, yeah. um, it seems that like it just, it, was, it wasn't the right fit for the that. One, I think because of that experience, I like realized how special Melissa and my relationship is. Mm. Um, it's because when we started it, we were just so passionate about the textiles and the placement, how we were going to sew it and how what it was going to look like and mixing and matching them and just it was magical our mm-hmm. first collection i would say t- to me feels felt so magical it oh, still does i feel the same um, way i look at my like first collection uh-huh. and like it's weird because i wouldn't want to wear it it's like not my style but i still appreciate how yeah. special it is yeah because also like how colorful everything is oh with my Senpai god and Kohai. i'm like earth tones yeah and- I, my first collection was like <laughs> like rainbow colored jellyfish print which cool. sounds that sounds really hideous but i found a way to no, do it that, that cool. it was I a little it. bit palatable yeah. for some people um but yeah it's funny the first thing that you design where you're like i'm a designer and yeah. these are my ideas and looking back now you're like wow i'm like so much more refined yeah like, like I've my thinking way. of design yeah and i mean that's great because i mean at that age you're like you're very you're you're finding you're like ready you're, to go you're, you're ready <laughs> to go you have all these ideas you're finding you're finding what you, who you are it's like an identity thing too yeah. you know so i think i learned a lot about my identity through working with with uh senpai and kohai and in fashion as well and I think that started to grow something in me mm-hmm. when we started it and I didn't you know the way when we got into the incubator program we talk about our our business model mm-hmm. build a business plan and 
talk about sales, yeah. all of those things that, you know, people yeah. don't talk about, not the glamorous all the part things of fashion. When, when you have a background in yeah. design, all the things you don't think you about. You don't think about, you don't want to do. You're like, but I'm then, a designer. I'm going to design. You, you come back to reality and realize how important and they yes, are. It's like the, the reality that brings you back down. They're like, so how is this going to be not an expensive hobby for you? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, so that's kind of, it was an awakening call. And I think, so when we delve into our, um, going back to the wholesale talk, um, mm. you know, I think we had to dilute our style a little bit. Yeah. And that was a little heartbreaking for us. It didn't sit well in our stomach because we concentrated on quantity versus quality. Yeah. Um, and the quality not being so much like the way it was sewn, I think it was just the integrity of the brand. Yeah. Um, the actual, what it looked like, what we, you know, that magic was not completely was not there. there. We were just thinking numbers and yeah. I was just, I couldn't like, I, to me, it didn't sit right. And mm-hmm. when I finally had that talk with Melissa, she felt the same exact way. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. let's, let's change this let's up regroup. let's regroup what was it that was working before that we want and what is it that's working now that mm-hmm. we want that we can put together and i think after those two collections it was just like finding that right balance between right. you know being as creative as you can be but also thinking about sales totally. and you know having a brand that could have longevity yeah and I think like the great thing about your brand is you guys have also got to work with like the refugee population in Philly and you've done some really interesting collaborations so yeah tell me a bit about that that is really so we I mean we still try to work with them we have some of the Mm -hmm. textiles that we um, got from them still and that kind of opened up a new thing for us our denim jacket idea so when we were um starting our line and we're thinking about our business model we really really liked the fact that we were taking we're upcycling vintage denim jackets um we were introducing fabric that was just like you know what is it end of roll which is like the 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 yeah like the dead stock the dead stock yes Mm -hmm. so we would have end of roll stuff and we were thinking you know like i would you know love to continue that that model and just like be less wasteful Um, so we started to kind of work with, we actually, how did Melissa actually was on Instagram Uh and found on Instagram an account that's called Southeast by Southeast, Uh which is affiliated with the mural arts program. And it was started by Shira Walensky. And Uh so her, she's a muralist, um, and she wanted to create a program that would help the Southeast um philly refugees from southeast asia some from south america Mm -hmm. you know and offer um classes in esl and like you know learning how to fill out paperwork for Mm -hmm. getting jobs yeah all the the things things you don't think about that are necessary such a great great program and they also wanted to figure out a way where they could help them find jobs and Mm -hmm. Within the community, they found out there were a lot of makers. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that was Make Saw, and she's the one that Melissa saw on Instagram who was weaving these um, Burmese, traditional Burmese textiles. Mm-hmm. And um, so we reached out. We wanted to figure out their story. And through them, we met so many amazing people. I mm-hmm. mean, um, we met Rachel Ford through there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to be part of a grant. So with that grant, we, like, met, you know, ways to kind of help 
keep uh, Southeast by Southeast um, going with projects. And that was cool. It was really cool. And like learned how to work with the community. So that yeah. was an eye-opening thing for us that we could find these really cool textiles too right in our backyard and you would take these textiles and then integrate them integrate them with our new yeah so we like create a collection we would create like a capsule of like dresses featuring make sauce textiles Mm. and we would put them in back of denim jackets you know and yeah they were super cool i loved all of them and they're great and then i feel like you know we still have some denim jackets with them on when we have a chance of selling you do like events yeah people really like them so i'm really really happy that the response have been really positive yeah with that so we want to you know continue being able to do that because now it's kind of like we have our, you know, Senpai Co. High is a special right. project for us. And we've kind of like dialed down a little bit on the collection, but that denim jacket and some yeah. like accessories or like, you know, bags that totally. we do. Totally. And, like, and people kind of know that there's this like interesting story behind yeah, them, which is really cool. I know. It's like, it's a, I love, I love that our brand a lot because I think for me too, I found a lot of uh, growth in it personally. And, you know, that kind of led me to, sticking to that mentality of supporting community and educating people about why you should support local brands and yeah you know communicating all of the 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 hard work that we do to come up with a collection and not just necessarily have to like you know send it out to a big factory to get yeah so many quantities so much involved with it and each piece is really special and really special and just kind of thinking about it as like you know hopefully finding hunting for your own style out there and not like I don't know yeah looking like everybody else Is yeah that mean to say I'm sorry <laughs> no no no. but um I want to get back to style um because you know and this is the way I think modern entrepreneurs are we're doing so many things at once so you're working on senpai and kohai and then you get this really big opportunity styling where um you go to David's Bridal and they mm-hmm. kind of pick you because they're really like rebranding and re... Yeah, so right now, yeah. So the past couple of years, um, I jumped on full-time with David's Bridal um, with a lot that... It's just like a, a whole new whole new world again of like building a photo studio. So they wanted to bring in a full-time team. Um, and it was so crazy because a lot of the people that I'm working with, they all come from the same background that I have, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm in like anthro world. A lot of them mm-hmm. are like people that I've worked with at anthropology and I was just like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Like, you know, back together again. And um, so the team, I think when I met the team, it was cool. Um, I really felt comfortable and, you know, and I'd been like freelancing there once in a while and they wanted to have a full-time stylist and I was, you know, the, their first, I am their full-time stylist. And yeah. And so aren't, that you, was a aren't you, experience. what's your position? I'm their senior stylist. Great. So, so for those of you who don't know, Pia like oversees like everything style-wise. Well, styling, well, with a lot of help from, I guess, the whole marketing team. You're right. I shouldn't like, say that. <laughs> it's like a lot of like um people giving advice, you know, our art director would ultimately be the one to be, and creative director would be like, here's the vision mm-hmm. and talk to the team and I would help them execute it by you know, bringing whatever they need to this on set mm-hmm. for the picture. Um, you know, whether it be product that we need for models, building sets. Um, I've been learning so much more again. It was crazy. And it put me, it tested me too, because I felt like, you know, it's been so long since I was at Anthropology helping, you know, with that studio. 
and seeing that transform when I was there and then kind of applying the same knowledge that I had to this new job. And surprisingly, it's been really, it's been a great challenge, I would say. I mm-hmm. really, really like it. I'm helping grow a team, just kind of like creating um, standards and mm-hmm. Um, helping in a way, I don't know, just like yeah. coming up with new new organization systems and, mm. you know, to work with the marketing, the merchandising team and mm-hmm. marketing team together. So from a stylist's point of view. And what's sort of interesting is I know you do an, all different sorts of styling. So there's obviously the e-commerce, but then you also get to work on these really big editorial campaigns. Yeah, which I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy I get to to still do that where do some editorial campaigns um i've done some i've helped some outside on location and in studio mostly and then also the new world of social media oh yeah social media being um you know doing all like the the styling for some of that um it's cool i mean i have to say I, i can't really complain about all the things i'm learning because i feel like it's it's kind of i'm learning about all the different um people that are involved in mm-hmm. all of the things that I do mm-hmm. so there's so much more yeah so I'm glad that I get to experience that in, a, in, in another more like yeah. very corporate yeah and I think sometimes it's good to work in these super corporate environments because you can take the things that you learn mm-hmm. there and you don't have to do it the same way, but you can kind of apply those principles. Yeah. Like it gives yeah. you a it gives you a good workflow. It does. I mean, I feel like it's it's nice to kind of um and also just having like a, a nine to five sometimes. Yeah. Still be it's a it's corporate, but then I get to work in the creative part of corporate. Right. So that's a little special, I think, in a way, because I feel like when people think of corporate I mean, everything's corporate, but there's, you know, I'm mean, coming from the urban yeah. umbrella. It's so different. I think that's like it's a campus. We there's have a like, lifestyle. Yeah, there's I think we're lucky that we, you know, work in creative fields and you know, we do sometimes work for these really big companies and these really mm-hmm. big brands. Um, but we still get to do these really creative things. Mm -hmm. And then also we learn so much that then in our free time, when we really get to do our own thing, we just come to it with like such a great knowledge and understanding and like such a better like management style. Like that's what I learned about is the management style. I feel like everybody that I've worked with has a different thing to put on the table. And I think just kind of sitting back and observing how they handle things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the good thing about this corporate job is because everything has to be very professional. And I think it's very, very important to kind of be able to to talk in that sense, you know, yeah, and to understand. You have to like know level. the language and right. what the expectations right. are. Right, because as you grow, you know, you have more knowledge. You want to be able to communicate with, you know, with people in the right terms and have like a diplomatic way of like yeah and especially in the creative world oh God, because there's so much headbutting totally and you, you have, have to, find to, ways be, to... to be as diplomatic as possible yeah and you learn that language of <laughs> how do. to like and respect each other how to get what you want by not like you know if you have a vision how do you communicate that to people so they're right. on board with your vision right because we all have our own ideas <laughs> but then it's like trying to get them to like if you're working together, collaborate. How you can collaborate? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've learned. I'm still learning a lot of that, and I've learned a lot of that. So hopefully, you know, with the new venture, it's like the one yeah. thing 
Yeah. So, so scary. Yeah. So you, I think you were, you're working at David's, but then you, you also on your own time have been, you started to style for, uh, just like independent brands. Right. Yeah. And also just for portfolio wise, you know, when I like, I mean, I love, I love what I do full time, but I also like feel like you'd want to explore other, other ways to, to style. And, um, also with, being able to work with independent brands here in Philadelphia that are growing just like yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've had... It's been great. I've been so lucky to have Sia, Pia as my um, stylist and art director on one of my shoots. And I think, like I said before, as designers, we all have our own vision of what we want. But when you work with another creative person who you really trust and getting to see their vision... It just gives you this new layer of how you see your brand. And I think that's really exciting. So like I, I, I like many designers, are am a control freak and have mm-hmm. an idea in my head of what I want. But I love like throwing ideas against you yeah. and you bring your own perspective. And I think that's it's like the best part of collaboration. I love like, collaborating. Th- when things yeah. just come together. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I think it's great when... You have two different minds because, again, like you said, like you're thinking of something and this other person can think of something to offer to the table. And when you put it together, it could be so much more than you, you know, originally had thought. And that's, you know, I did that a lot with Melissa. And I think that's why I'm like, yeah, I keep doing this. I know. And so, okay, let's get to like your newest, most exciting thing. Well, I shouldn't say most exciting because they're all like really exciting. So, (laughs) um, you while you were doing this you started to feel the need that you you know in your spare time you also want to work on something else which right again I think a lot of us feel this we work in the fashion industry and we feel guilty because there's a lot of like negative aspects of it yeah um and you felt like you really just wanted to do something else so so tell me about your your most recent thing that you have been working on so the most recent thing I've been working on is the Humanitas movement. And that to me was, um, I mean, I that name, I came up with it. I mean, it was just like, it's a Latin word for um, humanism. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a sense of that in our creative you know, industry that needs to never be forgotten, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is like I learned through working with with brands here in Philadelphia. And for a long time, I feel like, and I'm sure you've been asked this question many times in interviews too, where it's like, where's Philadelphia fashion going? (laughs) What is it like? And you're like, it is like none of the other cities that you probably, you know, we're not like any of the other, Mm -hmm. you know, neighboring cities. And, but we are finding our identity and I don't, I don't have a definition for it exactly, but I'd like to be able to, fortunate enough to meet all these designers, you know, come together as a community and maybe we can do it together. Um, there's a huge maker community here that are independent and everybody I'm realizing feels the same way as Empire Co. High does, you know, limited, like limited edition collection, um, uh, just the mindfulness of producing and how it's produced and um, just being, just practicing, just doing ethical practices. Yeah. So I wanted to work with these brands and we, you know, want to tell the story of each brand and you know, what their collections are like. So the best way I could do that was, you know, let's, um, do photo shoots. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that could be really fun. We'll feature your clothes. And I started to kind of like help out some friends and just like, you know, do some things here and there, little little photo shoots. And then it turned into, well, let's do selling events to kind of like 
promote because I feel like with Senpai and Kohai, we need to have selling events. So we mm-hmm. need to get together and maybe like do like a promotional thing that way and talk to our community about who we are and what we're doing and ha- have them yeah. better understand. And and your, your promotional events, they feel so curated and so special because I think you put together not just a sales event, but you put together the marketing material that sort of tells the story of the brands. And even, you know, we did uh, an event together called An Intimate Weekend yeah. and you made these like really cute tags for everything and you got these great food (laughs) vendors and like it just looked amazing like it was just and it was just sort of a great mix of brands and I think that we all gelled and I think that people want that they want to go somewhere and they want to meet the designers and they want to see brands that fit well together right I feel like that's an experience too where we would get together and put on like um shows together selling events and Mm -hmm. I feel like at some point you're kind of like I don't know if this is necessarily all goes together but Mm -hmm. you know we're all designers so let's just have some but like like there's something different about really like thinking it you know through and being like okay well what like like, almost like a mini pop-up store Mm -hmm. or something so I think you know, even that, like being able to do that with Senpai and Kohai and experiencing running like a little pop-up store for a year was a great experience. And I think from that, that's kind of like when I, I really liked was being able to curate something mm-hmm. and um, do like a, a promotional networking event through sale, selling and then meeting these brands and then helping, you know, kind of communicating with them what it is that they need in their brand. And a lot of it is visual branding. Mm-hmm. And also they're at the point where they want to you know, amp it up a notch with their photo shoots. So that's where I felt like, hey, I can help you. And that started Mm -hmm. to kind of grow in that direction. Yeah. And and that's what we're doing right now. You're working with like all of my favorite like local brands. And it's just great because- They're my favorite too. I love them I can tell that like you're working with a photographer that you trust. And like, I just feel like you have all the right people there. That's so key is to to work with the team that you trust. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's another thing too that I've learned from different brands that have have had interesting experiences, you know, where they were like, you know, this photographer, I work with them, but I felt like I couldn't use any of the the, the photos. Yeah, and that like that's that happens, mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of it has to do with you know making sure that that photographer um, compliments your brand totally, and that their style will complement what you put out whatever your vision is because mm-hmm. then there's then there'll be less work in the end you know or you'll have more photos to present because I feel like your his their style and your style mesh well together yeah um so those are the kind of like I guess the math that goes behind yeah. putting a team together and I think it is really important and like I try to tell this to like people I meet who want to go into the fashion industry. It really is an industry of relationships. And just like you said, a lot of the people you worked for with at Anthro, you ended up working with them later. And I think it's just really good to remember that. It always comes in full circle. You're always, you don't want to like ever. You want to be respectful. You definitely want to be respectful. You know, helpful and, you know, have that collaboration, like mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being honest about, and just like really knowing your time frame and like being honest about things, you know, whether it feels right or something could be better, just speaking up and, you know. Um, as a creative and listening, yeah, listening and learning how to collaborate. Yeah, so it's it's tough. It's a tough, tough industry. There's a lot 
of different opinions mm-hmm. and you just have to learn how to you know yeah maneuver and I also feel like I'm so happy we're having this podcast now because um I know that humanitas has it been around for a year is it less than it eight? has not it actually started I mean I am still it's this is the year so I launched it officially in January and this is the year of I'm not screaming it on the top of the mountaintop or yeah yeah I'm not screaming out to the mountaintops you're, you're figuring it out um, I'm figuring it out and that's, and that's like a part of this podcast I want to like talk with people at the different stages of their creative venture and I think yeah. you come to it f- with a wealth of knowledge from your time working in a small brand and your time really, you know, being this phenomenal stylist for many different brands. Thank you. And now you're, (laughs) you're trying to, you, you know, like the core of what humanitas is about. And then you're trying to figure out like all of the things. And, and I think that's great. Like, you know, sometimes it's great when you're, you're figuring it out as you go. I mean, along the way, you've done a great talk Thank where you, you. got um, oh, yes, some yes, really yes. great women cool. in the community together. Yeah, so um, that was really cool. I had a lot of fun. So that's going to be an organic um, thing that will mm-hmm. Humitas will probably delve into. It's, it won't be the last, but yeah, that was cool to do like a women's event for Women's Month. You know, I mm-hmm. mean... You know, Women's Month is every month, but yeah, yeah, we yeah. were the platform in March, so we <laughs> totally. took advantage of it. But yeah, that was really cool to get together a bunch of different um, just people in the community, creatives and people who are interested in getting into that realm or just curious to be in the same room to, you know, have find common ground on building something you know like yeah the, the hard the hardships and, that we all go through and yeah, the challenges the, the and, hardships and also just sharing because I know a lot of people go to those events because they want to start something but they don't know where to start right and they're looking at these people who are you know maybe five steps ahead of them or 10 steps ahead of them or right. 20 steps I mean, ahead it was, of them and it's it just, was great it's cool to hear you know to hear sure. their stories but mm-hmm. then to talk to them after um, and to really, you know, just share what we've learned so yeah. far. Yeah, totally. I mean, like to get like the three women that we have up there, you know, Michelle Gustafson, who's mm-hmm. like a photojournalist. And then you have Shannon Maldonado, who runs Yowie. And then mm-hmm. you have Rachel Ford that runs Made Institute. That Those are commendable women. Yeah. And you know, and they, it's like they've all, they've gone through the struggles and they still are going through it. And I think the best part about that event was that, you know, it was very real. I love that everybody came at that with just like wholeheartedly the truth, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was felt by the crowd. And I think my favorite part was hearing from the crowd and the, at the end of the, the event was, you know, that made me feel so much better because I was going through this and that. And so that to me was like, I'm like, you know, it was that, that was enough for me to think that this is great and we need to continue something more like this. So Yeah. So what are some of your plans for the future of Humanitas? So a lot of back end work (laughs) and a lot of the business part of it. So now we're at a point where um, we're figuring out, you know, um, all the non-fun things, like contracts and, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're going to business structure, you know, and all of that. So, yeah, and we're learning a lot about from the photo shoots that we've been doing, you know, how to what role we're going to play in these, mm-hmm. in this photo shoot, you know, so whether, so 
how for me it's like figuring out being a, a an agency for mm-hmm. independent brands to kind of you know help them speak the language that I've been speaking for um 11 years <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome and then work with these really fun um talent and creative that could help them make their vision you know happen that's and, so cool. and then have fun doing selling events so yeah, yeah. So that's our, our future plans a lot of really cool things coming up our year is pretty full mm-hmm. so we're excited that's awesome yeah. um okay so we're kind of wrapping up but and i know this is a really general question but Shoot. If you have like any advice for someone who's thinking of either, you know, going into styling, going into designing, or just wants to do their own creative thing, but kind of is just at the beginning phases, is there any insight you would give them? Totally. A <laughs> it's lot. like it's like where to start. <laughs> where do I start? Yeah. Um, I think how oh, for me is honestly you need just like finding a really great mentor. Oh, yes. You know, I feel like for me, that's what kind of helped me grow. And mm. I think it also kind of helped you kind of like pull back and, you know, question your approach and things. Yeah. Because you know, like, when you're young, you get your, you're so overzealous. You're like wide eyed and you're like, I can do everything. Yeah. Totally. And I think when you have somebody on your side that you could look up to, to show you, you know, Mm-hmm. the ropes and mm-hmm. kind of like coax you to like I don't know the right direction mm-hmm. and see things in like a, a, a new light that's that's a beautiful relationship that's awesome yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that that's really important yeah yeah that and also staying trying to don't be afraid to like go through phases oh my god yeah. I feel like I went through so many phases that I for a long time was like who am I Oh, totally. You and know? I think that's, you're you just, you gotta grow. You're like on this journey. Don't be scared. And you just have to be down for the ride. You gotta be down. It's, the thing is, and let's change. Yes, it's like this, it's scary. And then I always say to people, if it is not scary, it is not worth it. Yeah, you totally. You have to do it that way. That's how you grow. And, yeah. you know, yeah. So that's just, I don't know. That's something that oh, I awesome. like has worked for me. So hopefully, you know. It'll work for someone else. Cool. <laughs> well, Pia, thank you so much. Thanks it's for been having me. Such a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm really so excited about all the things you do. And having you as a friend has been so exciting. Um, I'm gonna post thank links you. below to some of the where you can check out Humanitas and some of the cool new things Pia's yes. working on. Um, and yeah, thank yeah, you so thanks, much, Gabby, and congratulations again. I can't wait to. Uh, to listen to, to this. listen to yeah. this. <laughs> Me too. Very excited for that. I hope you are inspired after hearing that story. For more extras on this and other episodes, check out www.superendura.com. We would love if you could subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you do your podcast listening. And please give us a rating and review. Be sure to check out our Instagram, where we are always posting new content about brands we love and our own brand. We also love hearing from you, so please feel free to email us at info at This episode was recorded and produced by Gabrielle Mandel. Theme music by Kevin Bendis. Kevin Bendis is also our audio engineer and sound mixer. We will see you back here next week, where we sit down with another creative entrepreneur and listen to their journey and what they have learned.